0: You know, all the players will tell you most important things to win, and I and, and I do believe they believe all that, including Rory Harmon. Still and all, when you get a chance to witness something pretty special, it was a pretty cool deal. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. That was uh, some of the highlights as uh, Snoop put together the montage of uh, the Texas 81-69 win over TCU in women's basketball last night in Fort Worth. Rory Harmon, only the fourth player in Texas women's basketball history to record a triple-double. And it was a bizarre story about what happened afterwards. We'll get to that in a little bit. But she wound up officially 17 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. As always, joined by my co-host, a, uh, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, even on days when Williamson County has uh, lots of cedar pollen going on, and uh, there are those of us who are suffering mightily for it's it. It's not
1: as bad as it is down in Hayes County.
0: Is it really? It My working.
1: allergies were not as bad as they are until I moved to San Marcos. Uh, yeah,
0: they're bad. It's, it's pretty stuffy today for me. But, of course, he is uh, a proud graduate of Florence High School. Always. Nestled in northwest Williamson County. And uh, you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7 and also as an outstanding father who has child in tow today. That's Snoop Dan. Excuse me, that's (laughs) Jeff Howe. I was getting ready to to introduce Snoop. But yeah, you you have Charlotte with you today.
1: Yes, uh, she... Tamara went back to work today, so we threw around the idea. I threw around the idea. I said, hey, you know, because we've had... People bring their dogs, Absolutely. bring their kids up here. So yeah, let me take her to work with me. And I made the mistake of not having that yeah. discussion in private. Having it while Charlotte was at the dinner table. Oh boy, she was all about coming to work. I was like, of yeah. course. I was like, I'll I'll take her. She can she can go with me to work today. Cameron so, was alright with that though. Yeah, she was good with it. Okay,
0: well,
1: so, and Charlotte's been great. Yeah, so she's far. watching Zootopia, so she's yeah, she's good. Life is good. Uh, so yeah, Rory Harmon messed around and got a triple double <laughs> last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: and uh, she was she was something else. Uh, our producer. Who's always something else? Uh,
1: erstwhile producer.
0: Erstwhile and the purveyor of all good things, Flex ATX, because after all in the final analysis Flex is Jonathan John Donaldson, J J. Donaldson. We know him as Snoop Daniel. How you doing today?
2: I'm great. I, Jeff, I wanted to put Ice Cube uh, instrumental behind it, but I, was, I felt like the energy wasn't quite on, but I wanted to. I thought about it.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to work it in, a I, in I, there. No, I,
2: was, I you know, I was. I still might later in the no, show. No, we had to reference it, though. Yes, <laughs> at least. So, anyway, yeah, that, that was – I look. Rory Harmon is a baller. I, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to her.
0: <laughs> and, and uh we'll hear because of the post-game conversation I had with her, she was exhausted into the, in the game, and she's constantly – TCU – uh it was pesky last night. they, they never let Texas completely blow them out of the water. The lead got to 16 uh, a couple of times in the second half, but then they got it back down to 10. It never got below double digits in the second half, but they had an opportunity or two to get inside. So they never just allowed Texas to completely pull away, and part of that was the zone they were going and the trapping and the full-court pressure, which led to 19 turnovers, and uh, that was one thing the head coach wasn't happy about. And we're going to hear from him this morning, uh, our weekly conversation with Vic Sh- uh, Schaefer coming up at the bottom of the hour. Is our Longhorn notebook, and uh, you know there were turnovers in the game, but uh, the the Longhorns also just absolutely dominated the glass and the inside play, and with with all the injuries they've had to the post position, and and Aaliyah Moore who had successful surgery yesterday on her ACL, so. Amos done for the year. We know that, and uh, and then uh, and then of late, Taylor Jones being out, but they hope to get her back soon. Uh, for Hadisha Phi, Hattie Fye. To step up and do what she's doing, of late. Like four double doubles this year, and she had uh, 15 points and 13 boards last night. Uh, it was it, that was pretty cool to see as well. And the long, and and Deonna Gaston continues to play well inside. She had 20 points a game high last night. So anyway, uh, Longhorns are two and zero in the Big 12. Uh, they're part of that day night doubleheader with Longhorn men's basketball in Stillwater. Nothing like a basketball twin bill in Payne County, USA. You be get Saturday
1: some delivery from Eskimo Joes?
0: You know, maybe between games it might not be a bad idea because the men play at 11 a.m. Saturday and the women play at 6. So... You have a lull in there. Yeah, a little lull. uh, They're at GIA, Gallagher-Iva Arena in Stillwater. So both games on Saturday. Of course, the men's game you hear here on the Horn on 104.9 and 1019 at a.m. 1260. And the women's game on 105 through the bat. Uh, so we'll have uh, those. But Vic Schaefer coming up, bottom of the hour, uh, with our uh, Longhorn Notebook. Um, uh, have the
1: dining options in Stillwater expanded beyond Eskimo Joe's and Chili's over the years? Hey, you got Slim Chickens. That's okay. where they do the
0: Coaches Show. I know they got a Chick-fil-A. And, uh, yes, they do. And Stillwater. They got Slim Chickens. Uh, so they have, they have that. No disrespect to anybody living in Payne County. But... Hey, the, I think they still have the breakfast place pretty good called Just Wafflin'. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it's it, it's pretty good. There's some places there. A oh, Red Rock Bakery is pretty cool because uh, best bear claw, I I've ever had is Red Rock Bakery. Not a
1: big bear claw fan, yeah. it's just very
0: my late wife was, was a real big bear claw fan, Laurie. She really liked the bear claws, and so I kind of got into it after that a little bit. I, 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 I'm not an everyday bear claw guy. Who is right? But 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 every now and then I like one, and they have a really good one there. So I, you know, there's that.
1: Chris Farley was in Tommy Boy. You remember that scene? He's like used to grab bear claws two at a time as a kid, <laughs> yeah. and they get lodged right in this region here.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so that if you've never seen a bear claw, it's a pastry. It's a, you know it's like a turnover or a fritter or something like that, and it's just it's just kind of in the shape of a little bit of a bear claw. I think
1: there's about I think about when I think about bear here, bear claws I think. A Chris Farley, and anytime yeah. I think I hear about a turnover, I think of the headline in the Statesman the day after Texas lost to K State ninety nine. What major have three four interceptions? Yeah, the Apple, yeah, yeah. The Apple turnover. Jordy headline. Nelson
0: continued to play. That was, pre, no, that, was uh, that was David oh, th- Allen. Yeah, that was oh three was Jordy. Oh seven. Oh was seven. Jordy. With, with Jordy, David Allen, big punt return in the yeah. game. Yamon yeah. figures
1: was in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, There's a run where that's like, when that. Those were the days. When Rod Baber's use of purple kryptonite really came to the fore, you were a part of that, Rod. You know, at the time. Although Rod was on the field in o2 when they, when they won it at K State, which was the last time they won until until uh, Tom Herman went in there with uh, with Texas and, mm-hmm. and uh and won the game in uh, there, 2018. 18? Yeah. 18, yeah, yeah. That was the
1: game. Remember, they had no Oaks OC that day because Tim Beck had a, got a staph a staff infection and was in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's
0: weird, weird. Deal. Uh, so, um, uh, somebody points out Hideaway Pizza and Still Water still good. Yep, yep. Hideaway always a good option there. Uh, somebody said uh, uh, OSU grad here. Breakfast is good, and that's about it. Yeah. Th- what's that? Uh, that little diner, the one that's right there on. I guess it's on Perkins. Uh, I'll think of it. It's a little. It's a little little twenty four hour place. Uh, not an app guy. Not on board with the Bear Claws, not for that. Red Rock for soup and sandwich. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I've seen that before as well.
1: Do you have enough time to go to Aishin's in between games, or is that a little no. bit out of the way? No, like no, God. no. That'd
0: be that'd be that'd be a that'd be a drive uh, to
1: Okarchi and back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that that'd be that that would be a little beyond reach. It would be fun though. Uh, all right. Uh, the uh, one thing I wanted to uh, get to uh, was just. It, we always like to say that we update people on, on on things when there's an update, and and it was the the, the latest on DeMar Hamlin was really good news. Yeah, uh, coming down, the the doctors are saying he has shown remarkable improvement. It was their quote in the last 24 hours? Here's the other quote: while still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal. And he's making steady progress. Now, that's from the Bills. That's their statement on him. But that's very, very encouraging about DeMar Hamlin. And I, I know uh, not just football and sports nation holding its collective breath and continuing to have uh, good thoughts, good wishes, and sending out prayers as well. But really, uh, just a lot of any, lots of people who heard about this were. Uh, you know, very, very uh, concerned about it. So, but what
1: time was that that you? What time was that posted? Yeah. That update that you're reading? How long ago was that posted? Uh, it was this morning, I okay. think. Okay, because I'm I'm seeing one. There's a statement the Bills released about 45 minutes ago, echoed a lot of the same things you're saying. Yeah, Gosh, shown remarkable improvement over the last 24 hours. Still critically ill. That one demonstrated uh-huh. that he's neurologically intact. Um, seeing th- some a report about a half hour ago from Ian Rappaport. That DeMar Hamlin opened his eyes last night and is responsive. So I don't know that to me gives you a little more detail. But everything so far seems to be positive, which is so so good to hear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so we always like to uh, to put that in there when we get the opportunity on that. So I mean, to...
1: we Snoop and I were prepared to give an update because there was supposed to be a, a press briefing at the hospital at eleven o'clock our time yesterday, and at that press conference never happened. I had the Twitter machine pulled up, ready yeah. to go, but uh, so do want to keep everybody abreast of what's going on. So that's it's, it's great to have a good update. Yeah, <laughs>
0: especially as, and I know uh, you know some folks had had uh, misgivings, even though this wasn't going to change anything in terms of the the National Football League, but had some misgivings about the NFL, you know, moving forward with the games. And, and by the way, keep that phrase in mind moving forward because it's part of inconceivable coming up I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that a little later on this hour but the uh, the games will go on uh, this weekend the week 18 games so they will happen uh, the Bills Bengals game as we know I think it's important when we say it will not be played this weekend and that's all the NFL is saying about that. And if it raises an eyebrow and you say, what do you mean this weekend? Are they going to play it and push everything back a week and play it next week? Are they going to say uh, – I think the NFL, first of all, is waiting to see if the game matters in in in, in other in a, in any yeah. way, shape, or form. In other words, um, if the Bills should lose to the Patriots, then – uh, and the Chiefs beat the Raiders, it would have been moot anyway, uh that that Kansas City would be the number one seed.
1: I, I just it's hard for me to fathom uh the Bills being in the right frame of mind and the Bengals yep. for that matter to go play a game this weekend. Yeah. Not I'm not even talking about against each other. I'm talking about the week eighteen. Yeah, game. I mean All Bills
0: Patriots be- and Bengals Browns.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um that's that's gotta be I don't. I can't even imagine. Uh, you know, I was. I was trying to think about that, Craig. As you were saying it, first off, um, I think Keith Moreland and I were on the same page when Keith was in here earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm all for just declare a no contest mm-hmm. and and go by winning percentage. I don't think you can logistically. I think it would be a nightmare to make up that game. And at this point, I, I don't. I don't know that it. I don't know what it can do. You know what the. Benefits are to move everything around and playing that game to me is so far off the radar. Just declare it a no contest and go off winning percentages. Uh, but I think about the. You correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not even talking about strike years or anything where right. things had to get shifted around. Right. Nine uh, eleven was it just one week that got delayed? Or is Impact, everything yeah. got bumped. Bumped. Yeah. Bumped up Major League Baseball. Major
0: League Baseball was postponed ten days. Okay. If I remember about that. But nine eleven was was one week in postponed. Mm-hmm. They ended up playing the full uh, schedule that year. I know year. college
1: football had that weird deal where you took that weekend off and then played those games at the end of the year. That's yep. how you had the scenario where Texas ended up, you know, sixty minutes away from playing for a national championship because Tennessee, Florida, which is typically played that weekend in September, yep. got played the same day as the Big Twelve championship game. And then you know, just thinking about the other kind of stoppages or situations that have prompted stoppages. I've heard Bob Lilly and others talk about the week uh, that President Kennedy was assassinated. They went ahead and played the games and a lot of those players that have talked about it said that was a huge mistake they shouldn't have played. Pete
0: Rosell said it was the the biggest mistake, biggest regret he ever had as commissioner was saying the games would go forward and they would play that weekend. The AFL did not play that weekend. Uh, the, The American Football League did not play its games that weekend. Texas, of course, had its open date that weekend because mm-hmm. they were playing A&M the the um the following week on Thanksgiving weekend so they were they were playing them but uh there was Pete Rozelle always said that was his biggest regret is is um you know it, saying that the teams would go ahead and they all felt very strange it was kind of eerie and quiet and and uh and all of that stuff uh that weekend and it was just it was just very, very bizarre. Looking at it, um, the uh, the NFL went ahead and played its full sixteen games uh, that weekend. I mean, not that weekend, that season in mm-hmm. two thousand one. And uh, to to your point, Jeff, um, they uh, they took that weekend off. Um, I'm looking at this. Yeah, yeah, they took that weekend off. Uh, which would have been Sunday the sixteenth and went to the first Sunday in January. And that was bizarre to people that they, they were playing a regular season game in January, but that's what the NFL did that weekend uh, with 9 eleven. But again, to the point where it where it where it matters into the situation, sure, I mean, yeah, there's um, the difference between Buffalo or Kansas City or Cincinnati getting to play, a home AFC Championship game and having to travel if they if they win their divisional uh, game Wild Card weekend mm-hmm. win their divisional you know and and get to the uh, conference championship yeah it's it's important but in the grand scheme it has somehow come away is not, as not, not anywhere, as not as important
1: not anywhere near in the stratosphere yeah. of Demar Hamlin getting better and like I said that the updates that have come out this morning. Uh, really, really positive. It doesn't sound like he's out of the woods yet, but from where we were, you know, 48 hours ago, 72 hours, or 48 hours, 24 hours ago, uh, just awesome, awesome news on his front.
0: Yeah. Um, Beaver Lance Jason says the Chris Farley reference uh, uh, does check out <laughs> with the Tower Bingo card. Still needing a wrestling reference and a Craigway voice impression or a funny Snoop life story. To win the week,
1: I don't have a funny Snoop life story, but I'll tell you this: our second hour Longhorn Notebook, combined with the Flex Thirty segment, Snoop Daniel will be a very big part of the presentation. How about that, at the bottom Snoop? Of the, at the bottom of the second hour. Wow. <laughs> All right. Because Snoop, now he didn't get his oil changed yesterday. No, but he did. You go didn't? Down.
0: No, I need Not to. I did hear that. By the way, I was getting close to the <laughs> arena. <laughs> when t- I was getting close, and uh, and and I heard you go, Snoop. Get your oil change
1: tomorrow. It's Ten thousand miles over. Yeah, uh, But Snoop <laughs> was down in San Antonio yesterday. They had the joint practice for the All-American Bowl, the East Squad and the West Squad, at the Alamo Dome. Uh, Snoop not only saw the Longhorn signees who were in a game, Anthony Hill was in that game. Uh, We're talking
2: about his Radio Raheem haircut. J-
1: Jelani, uh, Jelani McDonald from Waco Conley, who's uh, going to make his decision on Saturday, had maybe the best day of anybody in the game at practice yesterday. Uh, also, there's a lot of local flair down there yesterday. By the way, Samaje Burrell got added to the game, the uh, Texas signing linebacker to North Crowley. He got added to the game late uh, as a replacement, so... Props to him. But, yeah, uh, local flair. uh, Jamal Fenner is down there. Is Coach Fenner coaching DBs? Yes. Right. Yes. you also got Austin Nova side down there. Quentin Joiner, Princewell. Did you get Prince wall to say his name on the record? So uh, no a of a recording of him saying it.
2: <laughs> no, there were actually there were a lot of people talking to him while I was trying to talk to him. So, and he was not suited out yesterday. Mm-hmm. He will suit out today okay. for practice. But yeah, it was so much fun, Jeff. I'm glad that you encouraged me to go. Yeah, was, we'll,
1: we'll get teary. to we'll get to that at the uh, <laughs> at the bottom of
0: so too. so Jeff was able to encourage you to drive your dirty low uh, <laughs> low level oil oh, base creepy. car I'm talking about the oil, not your car, the oil base uh, uh, the worn out weakened, low registered motor oil laying in the crankcase vehicle to San Antonio a 200 mile round trip by the time you get back to the Dell Valley dwelling. so he was able to get you talking to that. But not to get your oil
2: changed. <laughs> I'll do is it right? today.
0: Okay, or, I, I you have know what? to. I'm yeah. right there with you. My <laughs> other vehicle, that I have that that third wheel vehicle I have uh, that I use on occasion. That one, that one is wanting for an oil change, so I need I need to get it
1: done too. Hey, Snoop, did the parking garage situation work out yesterday? It did well. What wound up
2: happening is I just like parked on the street because it was. I did see the garage, but it was much easier. And uh, Lord forgive me, I didn't pay for the parking. I just. <laughs> Why should and you it?
0: ask forgiveness for not paying for parking? I don't
2: know. Did you get by without getting a parking ticket? Yes. Okay.
1: Then, hey, considering how, to you. considering how uh, <laughs> yes. overzealous uh, parking attendants can be, anytime you can get one up on the man in that regard, I'm all for it.
2: Okay. Yeah. I was only there for you just, literally. You just, like,
1: you just put that feather in your cap, Snoop. Stick that win in your back pocket and be happy with it. Dub. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Uh, Stoner
0: on the Specs text Fly line. Fly that
1: Cubs W flag oh, like, a, like a car flag just hanging out <laughs> for the rest
0: of the day. Uh, our Specs text line open at 512-337-3776. It's 512-337-3776. He says, if they reschedule that game, wouldn't it be a clear competitive disadvantage to the Bills and Bengals? Grossly unfair it would seem better seating potentially is not worth that. It's a valid point. And, and there's no roadmap for this. No. All right. So whatever decision they make is going to be uh, both alternately lauded and criticized, depending on what perspective you're coming from on that. So there's no, there, you know, it isn't. And somebody else says, here's an alternative uh, NFL scheduling theory. The championship games for each conference were played the week before the Super Bowl, all AFC games get pushed back a week. NFC first-round wildcard games get played next week. Then the NFC is a week off. This balance is out the TV schedule. Not bad. I mean, at least it keeps games on TV every weekend. Yeah. If you're looking at it from that... That That
2: is the worst weekend. Is the the week before the Super Bowl.
0: Well, especially now that the Pro Bowl is a flag football game. It's terrible. You know, that. Um, So... Uh, anyway, uh, uh more but
1: they, for years. I mean, and I don't remember Craig what the rotation was, but there were some years where you had the the two weeks between the championship games and the Super Bowl. There were some some years where you played the championship game and then the Super Bowl is the next weekend.
0: Hey. The time that that my team finally won the Super Bowl, the Rams when they were in St. Louis Super Bowl 34, no, the it was the next week. Yeah. Uh I think I can't remember if the Cowboys' Super Bowl 28 won, because I was there in Atlanta. 28
1: covered. was the following week. Yeah. yeah. that's Because it, remember Troy Aikman had that concussion in the NFC yep. championship game, and that was the whole deal in the run-up.
0: Yeah, because I remember we flew to Atlanta the the next day, the day after, because the team was arriving Monday night, and I was still doing Jimmy Johnson show. And uh, Jimmy, uh, it turned out to be the last show we ever did, because he was gone after that season. It wasn't the usual call-in show. Jimmy had a call-in show. I mean, we did a call-in so, show. Today, think about that.
1: In today's age of social media, that is wild to think about that coaches used to do that.
0: We did a call-in show, Jimmy Johnson, had, but we did not do it the Monday of Super Bowl week. What we did was we just sat down uh, and went about Twenty minutes, with just a about twenty minutes. Full of
1: Heineken. <laughs> we
0: didn't have that with us at the top. We would have if he'd if he'd had anything to say about when we, I, I remember this vivid. We got to the team hotel and we were staying at the team hotel, and uh, we'd set it up in advance. We were going to go off and. It, in, in a separate room, and it was where we were doing it. Dave Garrett and I, who was our friend and my road producer for uh, Longhorn Men's Basketball Games, he was working with me a time at KRLD, and he was uh, the, producing with us as well, and we co-hosted a show together. But for Jimmy's show, Dave set it up, and we went in this back room and sat down and went for about 20 minutes and did it as a 30-minute show and built a couple of breaks in, and that's what we did for Jimmy's show. That was that was the only one. Same thing with Jerry's show. Well, we did, and... Uh, the uh, we when we had the show and hypothetically and fundamentally and I'm smiling when I say that's relative trite, to relative to Super Bowl 28. There you go, Bevo Land Station. You got your impression in on that. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to visit with Vic Schaefer, the uh, Texas women's basketball coach, and uh, we'll we'll talk about the win last night. We'll talk about the things that still have him a little grumped up <laughs> because he started his press conference when you would have thought they lost by 30 the way he was talking about. But then he wound it into how well his team played in all other areas. And and obviously we'll get his thoughts on on uh, Rory Harmon and, and the triple-double uh, as as well. So we'll have all that and more coming up here on Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and hornfm.com. By the way, a. this morning, my wife and I went to vote. Have you seen these little finger Drop highways between downtown and the airport. Remember, make it
2: a Callahan's Day. The Real Texas Gun Show is returning to the Williamson County Expo Center in Taylor, Texas this weekend. January 7th and 8th. This family-friendly event offers a wide selection of the finest guns, knives, ammo, and outdoor products from the finest dealers from the state of Texas. Bring that old firearm sitting in the closet to buy, sell, trade, or upgrade. Yeah, upgrade. Tickets are just $10 each. 9 to 5 this Saturday and 10 to 4 this Sunday. Free parking at the Williamson County Expo Center. More info at therealtexasgunshow.com
0: She have one more bit left in her. How about a jumper? Good! Knocks it down for the exclamation point. That was the final shot that uh, Rory Harmon hit last night after she had the uh, triple-double on the assist and uh, what an effort for uh, Rory last night. Welcome you me back to Light the Tower on the horn. Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you. And uh, very pleased to have joining us as we get ready for our Longhorn Notebook this hour.
2: Of, Longhorn notebook.
0: A Longhorn Notebook that's brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. Um, I had Snoop Bum back with uh, Hold the Line by uh, Toto for two reasons. One, because Rory Harmon and, and uh, the front line for Texas did its job last night in the 8169 whenever TC. The other reason, is, I know our classic rock expert and aficionado, Texas women's basketball head coach Vic Schaefer joins us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, remembers Toto very well from the fall of 1978. Am I right about that, Vic?
3: Oh, absolutely.
0: Man, (laughs) not me. I don't know
3: how many people remember 78. I was a junior in high school, but... uh... Pretty good
0: year. <laughs> no question about it. Uh, uh, um, the uh, I, I, I wanted, to, we wanted to hit a highlight here, and, I, and I've got a question for you about Rory's uh, uh, performance uh, last five night. Five to go. Texas hmm. with the ball up 11, 77-66. Gonzalez-Trap got rid of it to Harmon. Rory on the dribble, pulls it back out, 10 to shoot, dribbles in, pass into Gaston, it's good. There it is, a triple-double, a triple-double. For Rory Harmon, that's her tenth assist, and the Loghorns have the lead, seventy-nine sixty-six. Harmon with a triple-double tonight. Now, the uh, Vic, I I asked Rory on the post-game if she knew it at the time, and her answer was no. Nobody tells me nothing, and that's okay. I'm, I'm I'm all right with with the game on that. Did 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 you know at any point when it was coming down the stretch that she was an assist? away from the triple dome. And I know there was a whole set of drama about that 10th rebound later that they had to clear up, but they, but with regard to the assist at the time, were you aware that she was getting close to that?
3: I really wasn't. Um, you know, I'm, I'm into the game and the last two games prior to last night, you know, I was told during the game, Hey, she needs three more rebounds. Hey, she needs, you know, three more, uh, you know, assists or, you know, whatever. But at that point in the game to me, you know, I've got to protect her and protect our team and and protect the season. And, you know, she had had an opportunity just like any other player, they get those opportunities, but at some point I got to protect them physically and, and, and respect the game that we're involved in. And so she's been close is my point. And so last night I really didn't have any idea Uh, just like her. She and I are, both so engaged in the game and each and every play and possession that we just don't know that's going
1: on. Vic, I'm sure we'll continue to talk plenty about Rory, uh, but Deanna Gaston gave you 20 points last night, uh, six boards, two blocks. I know you've talked a lot about her development, just the progression she's made. Do you continue to like the the trajectory she's on?
3: Man, I love it. Um, She's just, you know, really – Playing with a lot of confidence, um, you know. She's got just a she's just a completely different kid. Her mindset is completely different. Uh, she's really um, she's just matured a little bit, and certainly has, you know, lots of room to continue to do that. But she just matured, I think that's the best way to put it. And um, just really has is playing with a lot of confidence and you know man really played well last night hit some big shots for us battles on the boards her and hattie are just monsters down there and and uh so we we're we're really you know like i've always said if i could ever get the kid healthy i've I've always said i think she's gonna be a, a a really good player and uh last night she played 38 minutes 23 seconds She's averaging 20 minutes a game because she's had some foul problem issues. But last night, she stayed out of foul trouble and Man, really played well.
0: Well, and and then I asked you, and I think I asked Hattie in the news conference. Folks who don't know Hattie is Hadisha Fai, and we were talking about her last week. Uh, And, and of course, she's the, the transfer in from Texas Tech. And I asked her because her trajectory, to use Jeff's term, has continued to be on the rise. And I asked her if she thought she was playing better, and she hesitated. And Rory said, yes. And then you said yes, and then she said yes. Afterwards, what have you seen from I thought you you gave a really good explanation about what you've seen about Hattie over the past uh, few ball games. That that why her game has been on the rise. And you said it goes back to the work she's putting on the floor in practice.
3: Yeah, she's just a humble kid. She didn't really want to answer that question with you know a, a big emphatic yes and. Um you know, just like I said last night, she's a great kid. I mean, just she really is a, a humble kid. She's she's been putting the work in and practice. She brings it every day, plays really hard. Um and, and and again, what makes her special, inch for inch, she might be the best rebounder I've ever had. And the thing is she understands angles. And and coming off of uh, you know when shots are shot from what where they're shot from she knows where to go to play the percentages of where they're coming off you know seven out of ten go to the backside she plays those percentages she pursues the ball like it, it rebounding is nothing more than will and effort and and she's got it and um, she makes that effort every single time and I think she really loves. What she does, what she brings to the table, and um, you know, she's been a better helper for us lately. she got foul trouble last night. She's constantly being put in a bad spot by our guards because they were giving up drill penetration, and 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 she got two blocks called on her when she's trying to make a, you know, rotate and get a get a charge. But man, just a, a tremendous kid, great young lady, and um, really happy for her like I said, she works really hard. She's a, she's really a good kid.
1: Vic, one of the questions I continue to get about your team. Anytime it comes up is Taylor Jones, her availability, how's she doing? And, uh, any timeline on when you might get her back?
3: Yeah, I, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, we get a, get a good prognosis today and we get a good plan going forward. Uh, I think we got a good result from a, a test yesterday and, uh, And so, you know, I'm hopeful that we can kind of start working her back in. It sure would give us some much-needed depth um, down inside and, and, you know, a polished inside player also. She'll have a ton of rust on her, but it'd just be nice to have that big body.
0: Visiting with Vic Schaefer, Texas women's basketball coach, here on Light the Tower on the Horn. Vic, one thing you – outlined in the post game press conference last night if anybody had not seen the game and they just walked in right from the start in your opening statement uh, I think they would swear that, that they thought that your team lost by 30 because you started off uh, giving TCU a lot of credit and well-deserved with what they did with their zone and how they were trapping and forcing turnovers. And you talked about uh, you know the turnover thing. And then you wound it into how well your team played on the boards and made some key shots and the individual efforts and all that sort of th- stuff. You and I have talked about this before. Coaches see things in a in a more uh, uh, worldly scheme than, than a lot of other folks. So, what has stood out to you the most about the turnover bug? Your team has been able to overcome it, and they overcame 19 last night, and part of it's forcing a bunch, as they did, forcing 20 last night. But what, what stands out to you when you're sitting on that bus, riding back, and you're rolling back through uh, the the video when you're looking at it digitally? Is there any one connective tissue to why the turnover number is higher than you want it to be right now?
1: yeah
3: i mean uh just going to your original statement the lens that a coach looks through is way different than the lens from a fan's perspective and again it's a miserable way to live y'all but i'm i'm just <laughs> i'm 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 looking and searching for that perfection and uh you know we have so much imperfection going on right now when we go play somebody that's really, really good, it's it's really going to jump up and bite us. And, uh, you know, the turnover problem that this team continues to have, I mean, it, it, we shouldn't have it, um, but we do. And, you know, I, I say this a lot about Rory. It's st- everything starts with her, and uh, she's having some turnover issues too. She's got great, you know, assist numbers. Um, her field goal percentage is right where it needs to be from two. Um, you know, obviously what she does defensively, but rebounding now she's helping us rebound. But I just, you know, Sonya and and, uh, and Shaylee and and Shay, those kids have, have got to take care of the ball better. Uh, and it's part of it is our decision making and and just uh, and really, quite frankly, part of it's the offense that I run and and have had guards in the past that could make those decisions and. And and this group is struggling with it. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking last night on the way home watching a film, I'm, I may have to change. Um, and, again, I, I hate to do that, but because what we've done has worked so well the past years, but I, I just know that this, you know, we're averaging 15, 16 turnovers a game. It needs to be 12. We had 19 again last night. I mean, we just can't keep doing this, and um, and it's a it's a focus. You know, it's a it's an ability to have focus and realize your passing is critical. Um, where you pass the ball, it's got to be in the pocket. Um, you've got to be able to to make those those passes so when somebody catches it, they don't have to reach over their head, then come back down, then try to get a shot off. it. by then, in Big 12 play, I mean you're you're only open for a for a second. And if somebody has to reach over their head to get a ball and bring it down, then they're going to be guarded at that point. You know, I think that's the thing about Rory. She usually puts it in the pocket, um, you know, when she's feeding those guards over on the perimeter and they're able to get off some shots. So it just, you know, I've got to coach better and teach better. I always, at the end of the day, y'all, it always comes back to me. Um, it's on, you know, whether team's ready to play or not, whether we play well or not. Um, it it always comes back to me and and I've got to coach better and teach better. Um, I'm obviously, you know, not getting through on certain things. I think some of our passes are 50 fifties. I'd rather not throw those, um, I don't, you know, I, I do think we share the ball. So here we are, we're turning it over a lot, but yet I have a team that really isn't selfish. Like, they do share the ball well with each other. Like, Sonia has really turned into a really good um, teammate, sharing the ball, making extra passes. Um, you know, Shea, uh, Jock, uh, Rory, uh, Shaylee; those kids all, they enjoy – the success of their teammates and so that's a real plus I mean that's fun to watch right you know watching kids play together make a great pass somebody makes a shot and immediately their first reaction is to point to who passed them the ball I get so much satisfaction from that and all of our guards do that like they they really appreciate the great pass and and so you know again um I've just got to we, – we've got to find a way in practice to really value the ball and and take some of those 50-50s out of our equation because when you've got Hattie down there and Deanna Gaston, even Shaley had nine rebounds last night, three offensive. When you've got that going on, as I told them last night in the locker room, we just need to get a shot off. we got a better chance to score. If we can just get a shot off, then – turning it over like there's just no reason there's nobody on the floor most nice that can take it from us or is even trying a lot of times we just make a bad decision and you know there was a couple last night where you know we're just turning and throwing the ball to somebody not even looking yeah, and, and it's 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 just an uncomfortability thing. Well, I, mean, I, I, I don't don't get
0: that. Yeah, and one of the examples that comes to mind, and I'm sure, and I think I saw you kind of turn and and kind of shake your head. There was an inbound play, and I don't even remember who was inbounding the ball. Maybe it was Shaley. I don't remember, but whoever was inbounding, inbounded to Amina. In the short corner, who immediately had a trap right in front of her. I mean, that's a that's a that's a decision you want your inbounder to make prior to the inbound, not to throw it there. Correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that and, those kind of know, things we, kind of mind. Yeah. yeah. So
3: anyway, I've got to do better, and um, you know whether it's team not being ready to play, uh, team not functioning well, uh, team um, you know decision making, it it just it all comes back to the coach and, and I'm the coach and, and I've got to coach better and teach better.
1: Hey Vic, real quick, uh, off subject. I've got my four year old, my four year old daughter with me at work today. She turns five next month. How? Charlotte. Uh, how early is too early to get her on the court?
3: Well, good morning Charlotte. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, I w I would say this, you know, um, when Blair was eight years old, she had 60 points in a little dribbler game. Wise. They only let you play three out of five quarters, and you can't press. And, um, you know, Blair, I'd bring her to camp with me, and, and she'd, you know, there'd be somebody or some team that needed a player, and, and I'd throw her in there. But she was always in the gym, always had a ball in her hand. And she was at all our games. She was the ball girl when she was young, but I, I think what the message here is: she needs to, you know, the sooner, like Blair gets sixty, because she would wait at half court. They'd cross half court. She'd steal it, run down, make a layup, run back to half court, wait for him to dribble to half court, steal it, go down there and make it, lay it in. She made thirty layups, but with her aggressiveness defensively that had everybody going wow she plays way different than everybody else on the floor and i I, she played that way because that's what she saw watching my college team play and so i i just think hey four years old that's a great time (laughs) having that ball in her hands and 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 working on the things you know the ball handling you can do that on the driveway you you can do lots of things with just a ball, but just having fun with it. I mean, that's an age where you just need to have a lot of fun, enjoy the team concept, being around other young, uh, young kids and, and playing and, and all that. But Blair got pretty serious about it at eight years old. And from there it went to, you know, team ball and travel ball and stuff like that. But, it's a, it's a great age and, and just enjoying the pure the purity of the game you know just having fun being mm-hmm. around other young young kids her age.
0: Well, I got to I got to see Blair in her senior year. Uh, uh, you know, uh, really do a heck of a job for you at a game in Starkville against Texas. She did a heck of a job as a defensive guard. So she she carried on those defensive principles. If if you if you could coach a guard to do one thing, I'm guessing it would be play defense.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, you, it, you know, I like to score like everybody else, but my frustration last night was just how poor we were defensively, and it really was our guards. Just they really struggled last night. And then the thing is, if you'd have watched this play Saturday, you'd have gone, "Hey, man, they're getting it. They're they're getting better." And then last night, you go, "Good God, they ain't getting anything." <laughs> and and so it, it just, you know, it's just. But that's the sign of a of a of an immature team, a not-focused team, a team on the road, playing a home team that's fired up to play Texas. And, again, I just don't have – you know, me and Shay Holly, we understand the history and tradition of the Big 12, the Southwest Conference. We, we get that. She grew up in a house that got it. Uh, dad got it, played it. You know, she gets it there's not anybody else in there besides me and her that understand that when the orange walks in your gym, you're fixing to get everybody's best effort, best scout, best free game meal, best two days of prep, best everything. And if you're not ready to play, you won't get beat. You'll get embarrassed. And And so that's the struggle. I mean, when you have kids from all over the planet, like we do, I mean, it's just, it's just the challenge that we have that i have as a coach and um again it's it's why i had those hoodies made up a year ago it's you know texas versus everybody i mean we're just you know and, it, and it, if i could make up another one i'd say win them all <laughs> you know i don't want to win some of them i want to win all of them yeah. and uh, i just but I, I just think that takes a it's just a different mindset, and like I said, y'all, it's a miserable way to live.
2: Yeah,
0: that's
3: the only way I know.
2: <laughs> oh, you
0: do it well, even if it makes you miserable. Safe to say, what you just said is the reinforced message. Since you got to go back on the road up to uh, beautiful Payne County, Oklahoma, and uh, and and play uh, Oklahoma State on Saturday evening.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've been to Stillwater a bunch. Been in there with some really good teams, and come out of there limping and um it's just always a tough place to play um you know they're, they've got a new coach new team they've got three players i think back from from last year's team that are really good their guards are really really good veteran guards um and so we're gonna have to you know we've just got to play better i mean our guard play has got to be better and uh I think Gaston and Hattie had three of our 19 turnovers. So the rest of them are coming from our guards. And we've just got to play better. And, again, I've got to coach them and teach them better to, to want to take care of the ball and have the focus that's necessary to do that. Um, but, you know, it's, it is a tough place to play. They're, they're well coached. They've, they've, they've won some really good – had some great wins, beat a great Florida State team that's playing really well in the ACC right now. So uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be ready to go, and uh, and I, I would expect we will. You know, it's good that you can learn a lesson from a win, and uh, our kids will spend we'll spend some valuable time today in the film room.
0: He's Vic Schaefer, Texas women's basketball head coach, joins us on Thursday mornings here, and uh, uh, now deep into the throes of conference play, we're we're happy to have Vic back on with us in our weekly uh, Thursday morning conversation. I appreciate it, Vic. Uh, see you up in Stillwater tomorrow. Man, I
3: appreciate y'all so much. Thanks for for supporting our program and having me on. Y'all be good, and praise the Lord and hook the horns.
0: Thank you, Vic. Thanks, Vic. That's Vic Schaefer, Texas women's basketball head coach. Saturday evening, 6 o'clock. You can hear it on 105.3 The Bat. The Longhorns against the Oklahoma State Cowgirls. 5.45 airtime, 6 o'clock with the tip. And, of course, the Longhorn men played 11 a.m. there at Gallagher Iba Arena in Stillwater. 10.45, or excuse me, 10.30 airtime. Saturday morning with 11 o'clock tip here on the Horn. Coming up, we get past the top of the hour, we get to inconceivable when we continue with Life the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019 AM, 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at
1: hornfm.com. Hi, I'm
0: Brad with Homes by Avi.
2: And I'm Aaron Bowersock.
0: We are currently offering incredible incentives.